the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, my listening friend, welcome to Come Together San Diego, another great show. In fact, uh, we seem to be going in in, in cycles uh, on this uh, radio show for Come Together San Diego, and this particular cycle deals with the book of the Revelation. In fact, last week we talked about the book of the Revelation, compared the churches of, of the book of Revelation to the feasts and festivals uh, outlined in Scripture in the book of Leviticus. So uh, to carry that theme of the book of Revelation, I wanted to introduce a longtime friend, a remarkable, I would call him a Bible historian, I would call him a teacher, I would call him a UCLA professor, I would call him a friend, Dr. Bill Creasy. Hey, Bill, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Kaz. How are you? I'm doing fine, and one of the things really that kind of prompted this is we, we have the same people that cut our hair. <laughs> I said with a smile because his wife is one of them. And uh, he just happened to come in in one chair while I was in the other. And so we had, and so they, they turned the chairs facing each other. And while we were getting our haircut, we were bantering back and forth. And we decided, well, let's do a show on the book of the Revelation. And, and so here we are. Very good. Very and good. you have planned, um, you you know, you were planning on, on October 7th going to Israel this year, but something like WAR happened, and you couldn't do that. It it did. I had 30 people. We were traveling to Israel on October 7th, and uh, that would have been my 68th Israel teaching tour. Wow. And uh, I got out to the car, and I was driving up to LAX. My phone rang. It was my colleague in Tel Aviv who said, we're at war, tours off. Oh, my goodness. So we had to get our 30 people, stop mm. them from going. And we already had five people who were there. And we oh had to my, get them back. My, my. Yeah. Well, that didn't stop you because you have another one planned for September, October of 2024. And that is tied to the topic we're talking about now. We're talking about the, the book of the Revelation and the, and the island of Patmos and the churches. But that will be called the Revelation uh, Seminar. And you're going to be doing that on the island of Patmos. And then you're going to be touring the seven churches as well and uh, uh, it's going to be remarkable so we use that as our springboard into this instruction that you're going to give us today dr bill creasy well thank you thank you yeah i had uh, i had a tour that i was leading a teaching tour Mm -hmm. in the footsteps of saint paul to greece and the aegean this was all back in the spring and we were on patmos and i'd been there several times but i thought you know it would be really interesting to bring everybody to Patmos, very small island, only 13 square miles. And, uh, but there's a beautiful hotel there. And I thought we could do a, a, an on-site seminar. Oh, my. Be in the cave where John wrote the book of Revelation. Oh, my. And, and do a, like a four-day seminar. 
intensive seminar and then go to Turkey and visit seven churches. And that's what we'll do. Yes. Well, what we're going to do verbally is very similar right now. I'm going to have you uh, help me understand perhaps the most, if not one of the most uh, revelatory, necessary uh, Bible Topics in these last days are the is the content that was uh, instructed on in the book of the Revelation <clears throat> of Jesus on the on uh, Pat, uh, the island of Patmos by uh, John and uh, you know it's one of those books that uses so much symbolism of these animals and this and this that and the other thing and uh, my listening friend you need to know if you don't know who Bill Creasy is you need to know his uh, historic points of view he, he's very animated in his storytelling so <laughs> i'm really interested to hear how he identifies this book of the revelation uh, as uh, john experienced it on the island of patmos and the churches as well any input as we this is the introductory segment to ha- allow you to launch in full voice in the remaining segments bill creasy okay thank you Kaz. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to talking about Revelation today and to doing the seminar on the island of Patmos. Sure. But to understand Revelation, we have to look at its position in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's the last book in the Bible. And in all my teaching, I taught the English Bible as literature at UCLA for 30 years and then taught all around California, Southern California, L.A., Orange County, San Diego, with big classes, big lecture classes. And I always insisted that to understand the Bible, you have to read the whole thing. You can't simply go to the last chapter, read it, and think you're going to understand it. Or, or the last book. Or the I last, mean, the, you, the you, last you, chapter you, in a big book. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like cheating when you're reading a novel, you go to the back. You go to the back, you, okay. Oh, I thought it might go <laughs> yeah. like this. How, no, do, no, how no. do we get there? How do we get to that? <laughs> and I, I have four foundational principles that I focus upon in teaching the Bible. Number one, The Bible is rooted in geography. The land is important. The land of the Bible is important. St. Jerome called the land of the Bible the fifth gospel. And it's a land bridge linking Europe, Asia, and Africa. And everyone knew if you want to control the power and wealth of the ancient world, you had to control that land bridge. Mm -hmm. It was a gift from God to the Israelites. But it's a double-edged sword. They got the land, but they will never have peace. And we see that all the way through the Bible. Oh, my. Yes. Up until today. In fact, yeah, cap- yeah. capitalized, italics, uh, underline, bold-faced, uh, war in Israel right now yeah. illustrates that very point, doesn't it? Right, right. Yeah. And uh, so the second principle is the, the Bible is, is emerges from history. These are stories about real people and real times who did real things. And we have to understand the historical context of each book of the Bible. Number three, and this is really important, in my view— The Bible is a unified literary work. The curtain goes up in Genesis. It comes down in Revelation. In between, there's a linear narrative with recapitulation. The main character is God. The conflict is sin. And the theme is redemption. Yes. And that's how we read it. And I always teach through the whole Bible, never just parts of it. All the way through the whole Bible. Yeah, and uh, as a lover of the Scripture as well, I've realized that the entire Bible is contingent. 
contiguous. In other words, uh, the, the starting book in, in the book of Genesis and the, bo- the book of Revelation, first of all, they're bookends, and oftentimes you, you get the, some of your greatest meat as you read a novel. In the very beginning, you get a sense of where you're going. They set the theme, and then they, uh, t- they pay off that theme at the, in the closing uh, chapter. So, I mean, this is very similar to that. Oh, yeah. Think, think of the beginning of Genesis. In the beginning, God <laughs> yeah. created the heavens and the earth. Yep. Now what happens? Exactly. <laughs> and until the final book or the final chapter in the big book, what happens at the very end? Yep. How does the story come to a close? Sure. With a new creation. Mm-hmm. So that creation that began in Genesis chapter 1 ends in the book of Revelation and the promise of a new creation in the last chapter of Revelation. I love it's, it. it's marvelous. Would it be fair to say, Bill, that you cannot acquire the full understanding of the book of Revelation without an equal uh, pursuit of the earlier books, in particular uh, the books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? Joshua, Judges, Ruth, first six, well, you know, yeah. I know, I know you're going to yeah, go into 66 yeah. there if, yeah, I, if, I, if I let you go. Yeah, there we go. Um, so, so everything is, uh, builds upon the next. Right, it does. And, and, uh, and that fourth principle, I think, is, is a really important one. I, I've taught at UCLA. I've taught the Iliad, the Odyssey, the Aeneid, the Divine Comedy. These are great works. They're great works. But the Bible, unlike any other book, claims to be the Word of God. And we have to take that claim seriously if we're going to understand the text. So those four principles are, are really important. And I, I wanted to lay those out before we get into the book of Revelation so we understand how we got there, how we get to that book. Thank you. So, so what we're going to do uh, as we get into the next segment, we're going to actually go your step-by-step into this. And I've got a few notes here on that. But it's remarkable. And I, I, my listening friend, I want you to know that you're in for a special treat because Dr. Bill Creasy has been a friend for a long time, and we've worked together in a number of different projects and things like that, but he is a remarkable historian, but he's also a storyteller. So you're going to hear the stories from his insights, and it will captivate you. And uh, you will never have seen the book of the Revelation, the island of Patmos, and the seven churches in this light before. So my listening friend, is there something you want? Why don't you share a website quickly, because uh, I know we're coming up to a break soon. Okay, if you'd like to like to know more about what I do and my classes, the courses I teach, my website is logosbiblestudy.com. L-O-G-O-S-B-I-B-L-E-S-T-U-D-Y.com. Very good. And they can find all... There's a ton of material. And maybe, and maybe even a picture. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so my listening friend, I, I, I guess you can tell from our banter back and forth, this man uh, is a communicator, and he's a storyteller, and he tells... Has like corny jokes periodically too, so that's one of the reasons that I connected with him as a friend. We're going to talk more about these things and so many more things when we talk about uh, the Bible in particular, but also the Book of the Revelation, also the Island of Patmos, also the seven churches which are identified in the Book of Revelation. Each one has a story to tell, and when you let the storyteller, aka Bill Creasy, tell it. It'll kind of B-L-O-W your mind. And so, Bill, I know you're coming back with me for the entire two hours, my listening friend. We will have a show of record. That's going to be good, and you're going to enjoy it more than words can say when Bill Creasy and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. 
on KPraise. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. And my co-host and guest for this entire two hours is Dr. Bill Creasy. He's a Bible historian, genius, storyteller, and a good friend of mine. And uh, we visit every once in a while on what's going on in the world. But using uh, Dr. Bill Creasy's antics, he always tries to keep you laughing, and he's successful with me. <laughs> so take that. Now, so now, now you, I've put it forward. Now you have to make me laugh a few times here. I, I will attempt to do that. <laughs> okay. You know, one of the questions that we're asking ourselves as we look into the book of the Revelation, and in particular where it was inscribed or scribed, and that is the island of Patmos, by uh, uh, John, and um, we're going to get a little bit of insights about the uh, the book of the Revelation, but also the author, but also the um, island itself, island of Patmos, and also the, the the churches that are really the springboard into this book. So, Bill, I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to hand it to you, and you can run like crazy. Question to you is, who wrote the book of Revelation, and why? John. Thank you. See, I, I told you that was going to... John who? John who? We're not told who John is. Uh-huh. Right? John of Patmos. Uh, was it the Apostle John? Was it a different John? Frankly, we don't know. But traditionally, we identified John mm-hmm. in the book of Revelation with the Apostle John. And I, I like that. I, I go with that. I yes. think that works. And... Uh, but what was John doing on the island of Patmos? That's a good question. He probably asked himself the question yeah. a zillion times. Well, J- John, <laughs> John is the last living apostle, right? He's the only one not martyred. Mm-hmm. And what happened to him after we finish with all the others? John, St. Paul founded the church at Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Now, Ephesus is a really important place. It's a deep water port, the, the deep water port for Asia Minor. If you think of the Roman Empire... It's not Europe. It's not Italy. It's not Europe. It's the entire landmass surrounding the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Half of the Roman Empire is in North Africa. So how do you get from point A to point B in the Roman Empire? You could travel by road. The Romans built over 58,000 miles of roads. But the most efficient way to travel was by boat, by sure. ship. Mm-hmm. And there were three major hubs, one at Ephesus, one at Corinth, and one in Alexandria, Egypt. And if you look at a map of the maritime trade routes, it's like looking at an airline map today. You would have O'Hare Airport as a major hub. Mm-hmm. You would have Atlanta as a major hub. You would have L.A. as a major hub. So looking at the maritime trade routes, Ephesus was one of the three most important places in the entire Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. It was a city of about a quarter million people, beautiful city made of white marble, mosaic pavements, uh, just extraordinary. Paul, in his three missionary journeys, first one traveled from place to place, from Syrian Antioch to Cyprus to Antalya on the southern coast of Turkey of today, then up into the middle of the land, Mm -hmm. then back by the same way. Second missionary journey all the way across Asia Minor, on to Macedonia and down to Athens and Corinth and then back home. It was very effective. Paul founded many churches along the way, but it wasn't very efficient. When Paul went home from the second missionary journey, he passed through Ephesus. Mm -hmm. He was on board ship, so he went to the port. 
And he took one look at Ephesus and said, you know, I've been doing this all wrong. I should go to Ephesus, stay there and teach and let people come to me. Mm. It became his most successful missionary journey. And you can say it was his hub. Yes, it was his hub. And uh, and he, he tells us, by the time he left Ephesus, everyone in Asia Minor had heard the gospel. He just stayed put, and all these people traveling through Ephesus heard him teach. Sure. Very efficient way to do it. Yes. And uh, so the incorporate, okay, incorporate uh, John with this uh, dissertation of the Apostle Paul. Okay. John, tradition tells us that John became the leader of the church in Ephesus. I think the most important church in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. He became the leader of that as the last living apostle. At a time, well, I'm not quite sure when to date the book of Revelation. I, I used to date it in the 90s mm-hmm. during the persecutions under Domitian. I'm, I'm leaning more nowadays to dating it in the 60s. The 60s was, was a traumatic time. And John is the leader of that church. And what happens in the 60s? The 60s, give me the, the full de- denominational Identifying in the 60s, in the, in the what 60s? AD 60s. AD 60s. AD 60s. Okay. What, what happens in, AD, in, in the AD 60s? The Jews declare war on the Roman Empire. That was the dumbest move in all of history. <laughs> <laughs> and the Jews fought the Romans. Mm-hmm. The Jewish zealots had taken over the Temple Mount, Temple mm-hmm. Platform. Mm-hmm. And they were using it as a staging area for, for war. So the Romans had to take it back, and they did. And that began a colossal war, A.D. 66 to 72, 66 to 72. Mm-hmm. It resulted in Jerusalem being totally destroyed, the temple being destroyed, everything being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Well, if John is the leader of the church in Ephesus, that would be the perfect time for him to be exiled to the island of Patmos. He would be dangerous to yeah. the Roman Empire. So, so they identified him as the, you know, they their plan is to eliminate everybody who was leading the, the church. Correct. And, and so this is the one holdout, basically. And here he is, you say, in Ephesus. You exile him, get him out of the picture He's completely. exiled to Patmos, yes. which is on the backside of the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. You know, it's a tiny little <laughs> yeah. island, about 13 square miles in area. And... Uh, and it's about a five-hour boat ride from Ephesus to Patmos. It's really all out there all by itself. Mm-hmm. You can't escape the island of Patmos. If you don't have a ship, you can't get off the island. Yeah. Right? So they put him there. And that's where I, I think, and, I, and again, I'm leaning toward the 60s rather than the 90s. Yes. But that's, uh, that's where they place him. And he has this revelation. Epiphany, yeah. Yeah. Revelation. It, it's apocalypsis. Uh-huh. It means unveiling, taking the veil off. Yes. Something's there that hadn't been seen and the veil comes off and John sees it. Now, before this, you know, you talk about them killing all the other uh, leaders of the church in in wherever they're hanging out and and teaching. They they were all martyred. But they they were trying to, in a way, they were trying to martyr John using boiling oil. Isn't that that accurate? Well, that's one one story for sure. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I, I, I can see exiling him to Patmos, mm-hmm. uh, and he would just die there. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, but he writes Revelation in a cave on Patmos. Mm-hmm. I've been to the cave. I've been in the cave. Yes, and soon you will and be soon there we'll again. Be there again. In September, October, and of that's where John. That's where John writes it. Yeah, and he in the introduction in chapter one, and then we talk have the letters to the seven churches. Mm-hmm. Ephesus being that really important place. If you put a compass point down on Ephesus, open the leg up, swing an arc. All seven churches are within the ark from Ephesus. Mm-hmm. That means John, as the leader of the church in Ephesus, would have had great influence with those satellite churches. Absolutely. So you would say Ephesus is the main it's, hub, it's main and hub. Then, then the satellite churches are the other Correct. six churches. Yeah, why those particular churches? Because they were the churches within the yep. sphere of influence of John. Okay, I, I, I get that. So, okay, so we've kind of set the stage a little bit for the book of the Revelation and the island of Patmos as being kind of a, a faraway place where they th- they thought they could take this uh, Apostle John. They wouldn't call him Apostle John. No. This John guy who's been uh, subjugating what they would consider to be the proper godly um, uh, entity and and bringing Christianity into the mode. So let's get him where he can't they do took, any damage. They took him off the board. But didn't, they didn't yeah. know that he was going to do more damage than they could even imagine <laughs> because he was a scribe. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've got about a minute and a half. Why don't you, let's talk a little bit about um, where we want to go about John's vision and how this all came to pass so that he could have specific things to inscribe in his writings. So uh, very quickly, and then we're going to take a, a break from here. So you got about 30 seconds to give us an overview of where we're going in the next segment, uh, Bill Creasy, and then I'll do a, a break. Okay, so if, looking at the Bible itself, any book of the Bible, when I teach it, first thing we have to do is get the structure of the book. Yes. And the structure of the book of Revelation is what was, mm-hmm. that's chapter one, mm-hmm. what is now, that's mm-hmm. the seven letters to the seven churches, Ooh, and, and what, what will be will later be, exactly. is the rest. I love it. It's a so, simple structure. And that you're referring to, in, in, in Scripture, there's, an, in, in, uh, I believe it's uh, Ecclesiastes, what was, is, and what is, shall be, because there's nothing new under the sun, and we're going to dive into this with Dr. Bill Creasy as he gives us his uh, illustrative Bible historian point of view of this island of Patmos and the seven churches. And, Bill, we're going to come back, and we're going to be uh, wild and crazy, but I'm going to allow you to be even more wild and crazy than I am. So, hard <laughs> a hard Well, we will try. My friend, Dr. Bill Creasy, and I will talk about so many of these remarkable things when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Cass Taylor. Welcome back, my friends. So Dr. Bill Creasy and I are having a good time chatting about uh, the book of the Revelation, chatting about the island of Patmos, chatting about the seven churches, chatting about uh, John and uh, and how all this came to pass. And so uh, if you uh, weren't aware in the earlier segments, we talked about Dr. Bill Creasy being a Bible historian and a teacher a professor, and he's also a person who likes to tour places, and he's going to be doing a tour actually to the places of which we speak uh, in September, October of 2024, and it's it's called the uh, Revelation Seminar. And so you're kind of wetting people's appetites here as before you take a lunch and go back into the Holy Land area. So I'm going to hand the baton to you. With We started talking about <clears throat> why 
the uh, book of Revelation, who wrote it, and so forth. Now, the next question for you, and I'm going to hand the baton quickly, is uh, talk about John's vision, part one. Bill Creasy. Okay, thank you, Kaz. If we let's get our foot in the door on the book of Revelation. Sure. We talked about who wrote it. We talked about how it was structured, what was, what is, and what will be. And I'd like to go into what was, that is, in John's time on the island of Patmos, in the cave on Patmos. And it's a, an extraordinary experience to sit in that cave where John wrote Revelation. But he tells us, right at the beginning, the revelation from Jesus Christ. Revelation is apocalypsis, the unveiling yes. from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, me and I, those I write to, what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. So John receives this extraordinary vision in the cave on the island of Patmos. I, John, he writes, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that is ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God. That's the reason he was exiled to the island of Patmos, because, because of the word of, the word of God yes. and the testimony of Jesus. So on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. He's praying. He's deep in prayer. And I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, all of which were in John's sphere, within John's sphere of influence from Ephesus. So I turned around, he said. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. Yes. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. Now what would you do if you turned around, you heard a voice behind you, you turned around and you saw that figure? I think I would fall dead. I think I would too. And what happened to him? When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. (laughs) I knew that scripture, so I knew I knew where you were going. You you knew what was happening. (laughs) But he placed his right hand on me, and he said, "Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead, and now I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, write what you have seen, what is now, what will be, Mm -hmm. and what uh, what is now, and what will take place later." The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Angels. What does an angel do? Delivers a message. Yeah. They're the leaders messenger. of those seven yes. churches, right? 
And the seven lampstands are the churches themselves. Yes. So you're taking this particular reference to angels as uh, messengers of God. As messengers of yes. God, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, so the seven churches and the leaders of those seven churches, John being one of them, mm-hmm. right? So he has an extraordinary vision. And notice the symbolism of it. I like the idea of the church being a lampstand. Oh, I do too. That's what we should be. Mm-hmm. The church should be a light in a dark world. Yeah, and, the, and there's so many scriptures that support that. Let your light so shine. And, exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. Be the light on the so, hill and so forth. Yeah. Symbolizing the church as a lampstand is, is, is just perfect. And the seven stars yes. within are the seven leaders of those churches. Mm-hmm. So he's going to say, now write a letter to each, each one. Mm-hmm. Each one. So these, the, 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 each one of these uh, churches uh, has a letter uh, inscribed by uh, John uh, under the tutelage of this voice that he's hearing, the, the direction of Jesus himself. So he, he's, being, he's kind of a secretary. <laughs> right, right. Uh, he's taking down the dictation, he's, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And, but he's going to write to the seven leaders of the seven churches. Mm-hmm. Now, this is before we get into the main body of the book of Revelation, before mm-hmm. we have the, the vision, the mm-hmm. unveiling. This is preparatory. It's preparatory. And these seven churches, they're very different one from another. And you'll note, as we look at these letters, that there are typically words of commendation. Mm-hmm. Here's what you're doing right. And then there are words of condemnation. Sure. Here's where you're falling short. Mm-hmm. They're not all that way, but they all follow that pattern. Yes. They all follow the pattern. So John will write these letters to the seven churches. And, uh, well, look at the first one. Let's well, you, you mentioned two things, uh, uh, con, uh, commendation, commendation condemnation, condemnation, but also uh, summary and what, what you do about it. Yeah, what do you do about yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So look at, I, I want to look at the first one sure. in particular, the letter to the church in Ephesus. That's the main church. That's the hub. So he says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write. Now, if I were John and the risen and glorified Christ told me to the, uh, the, uh, to the leader of the church in Ephesus, write. John would go, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wonder what he has to say. Yeah. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now think of that. Today, all the various churches that we have, all the various denominations that we have, the risen and glorified Christ is walking with us in our churches. When you walk into the church, look around for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's look so good, Bill. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And that's one of the challenges in a church environment. We get so uh, in, involved in the hubbub of, of daily ministry and, and church, it's, we don't really look for the, uh, the author of the books. The, the, the presence of Christ yes. is there in the church. Yes, yes, yes. Is there. I wonder how, if, if we clearly understood that, how might we change what we do in <laughs> absolutely, the church? Absolutely, right? Bill. Do we want it to be a social club? Mm-hmm. So many churches are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no. We want it to be 
we want it to be the light that shines in the world. Yes, and, and what you say when you talk about was, is, and is to come, this this whole thing, it was back in that day, and it has been the same in 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 uh, all all the ages to come, and it is so today. So this is not something that was written as an old book for the old people. It is a present-day times book for Y-O-U. A- absolutely, absolutely. But l- listen to what he says. Uh, I, I know your deeds. I know what you've done. I know your hard work. You've worked very hard in the church in Ephesus. And I know your perseverance. Mm-hmm. He's speaking this to John. Yes. I know you cannot tolerate wicked people. And you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not. And you found them false. Yes. Other people have come through the church at Ephesus claiming to mm-hmm. be an apostle. Mm-hmm. And John said, John could say, that's odd. I spent three years on the road with Jesus. Didn't see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, there's a lot of that going around right now. Different people are proclaiming, I'm this person in the body right, of Christ. Yeah. That. And we need to be a little bit more heart-rending in how to deal with that. We've got about one minute left in this segment, so uh, okay. uh, take a statement or two, and then I'll close. We'll but, but, but here's, now if you're John, that was good. I'm, yeah. I'm doing mm-hmm. good, doing yeah, a good yeah, job. Yeah. Then he says, and I have yeah, this I hold this against you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we might want to spend the uh, next segment talking about this to launch into the other things. Okay, we can but, do that. So, but my friend, the point of the matter is God wants to, he will always give you positive input. But beware, because he's the Lord. He goes, but I have this against you, and I want to make you sure that you are aware of it, because I want to make changes, because I've got big plans for you. And Bill Creasy's going to talk about this, not only in the yesterday of the apostles and those people, but in the today of Y-O-U and I. So Dr. Bill Creasy and I are going to talk about these things in, uh, in, the, in the Church of Ephesus and beyond, when Dr. Bill Creasy and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, I feel like I'm in heaven before I'm in heaven right now talking about subjects that have been uh, my... Uh, mainstay as I've studied scripture through the, the decades. In fact, if you look at my book, I, uh, I'm, I'm irreverent in that I mark up my, my Bible because I want to remember what God gives me at every passage where it gives me stuff. So the book of the Revelation, in, in the last book in, in, in the Bible, in the 66, or depending on some people had a few more books here and there, but this is the most marked up because it's the one that I figure is really the springboard into eternity. And Bill was Bill Creasy, my co-host and uh, Bible historian, with me in the studio. He says, y- "Yeah, it's important, but you can't judge this importance of this book without embracing all the importance of the other books which lead into it." So I appreciate that, uh, Doctor Bill Creasy. Uh, in the in the last segment, we talked about um, the Lord ascribing to this the scribe. Basically, John was playing the role of the scribe, writing writing these things to the churches. And uh, he said, and and you mentioned that John was the the leader of the church in Ephesus, and so that's the first church that Jesus 
chooses to talk about he's and you spent some time saying i you have done all these good things and you we were laughing a little bit during the break about john going yeah pretty good huh and but there was then the next phrase or the next paragraph or the next sentence was but i have this against you can you imagine what john you know he goes can we leave this out lord (laughs) so take it from there when the lord says and i have this against this church yeah i I think that that was shocking to john he's (laughs) he's on the island of Patmos, exactly all the other apostles have been martyred yes he's still alive and uh and he thought he was doing a pretty darn good job (laughs) and and he was yeah but i hold this against you you have forsaken the love you had at first that breaks my heart yeah it It breaks my heart how many I, i know a lot of pastors i've taught for 30 years in churches all over and, uh, you know, why does a person become a pastor to begin with? Because you're in love with Christ. Yes. And you want to serve him. But then you get a church. You do well. You, you, you get a bigger church. And finally you get a great big church. And you become an administrator. Mm. And the love that you had at first that brought you into this yes. is a faint memory. And you you're know? right. It a is so, so very Not sad. only for pastors, mm-hmm. but for you yeah. and me. Yeah, well, it, it goes right down the chain the chain yeah. of command. It goes from the pastors and the associate pastors to the administrators yeah. and on down the line, even to the people that are sitting in the pew. Absolutely. That's I, very dangerous. I remember, I, I, I grew up in the church. I went to Sunday school in a Presbyterian church. And then uh, after high school, I went off to the Marine Corps. I didn't have to go to church anymore, so I didn't. You know? mm-hmm. But at 27 years old, that's when I really came to lo- to know Christ. I was drawn to him. I was in love with him. It was like falling in love. It was like falling in love. And I think that happens to every believer. Mm-hmm. At some point, you make an overt decision sure. to say yes to him. And then you enter into a relationship. And just like a marriage, you, you're on, on fire with romantic love. Mm-hmm. But then after 10, 15, 20 years, it flattens out. And that's a tragedy. And John and the Lord's saying to John, get back to that love. Yes, you've left your first love. And not just pastors, but you, Kaz, and me. That's right. You know, we we, we can start feeling that way too. Get back to your first love. You know, and in these other letters, I I, I don't want to read through them all, of course, but, but some, there are no words of, Condemnation is mm-hmm. that because they're perfect? No, Smyrna, for example, yeah, a modern day Izmir, uh, they were a martyr church. Yep. And uh, uh, w- when I do my footsteps of Saint Paul in G- Turkey, uh, we we visit the seven churches. Yes. And it was a martyr church. People were being martyred terribly. Uh, they get a pass. And the other the other one is really my favorite because, you know, I love worship and uh, how God uses praise and worship and things like that. And that's tied to King David. And so when you get to the Church of Philadelphia, which is the next to the last one, as I recall, um, worship and praise is an anecdote to um, some of the bad decisions one may make. So God, you, you talked about Smyrna and he goes, you get a pass because your heart was, you know, you had an awareness and you were purging your heart. It's the same thing in, in uh, a church of Philadelphia with the, with the having the key of David, King David, 
boy, oh boy, I want to be like King David. Yeah. I want to be like the son of King David, yeah. too, when I grow up. Yeah. Bill? Yeah. The, it, then we come to the Church of Laodicea, oh, the yes. last one. Yeah. There's, there are no words of condem, uh, commendation. <laughs> None. Oh, my. None. Why? I, I, look at this. These are the words of the amen, the faithful. I know your deeds. I know what you've been doing. That you're neither cold nor hot. Oh, my. You're just lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Wish you were one or the other. Mm-hmm. If you were on fire with love, I can deal. I can work with that. If you're cold, I can work, work with, with that. that. However. But you're flat. Oh, my. Neither hot nor cold. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. I, I, I hate this, he says. You say I'm rich. We have everything. Why, we have a brand new sanctuary. We put in nice car- new carpeting. <laughs> we have social programs up the yin-yang. And you have everything. But you're dirt poor. You're dirt poor. And when we travel to the church of Laodicea, it's a fabulous archaeological site. It was mm-hmm. a very, very wealthy city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they, they, they turned lukewarm. They turned lukewarm. You know, one of the things, as I've studied this through, you think about what does lukewarm mean? And, and in all honesty, and when it says I'd better, you'd be better off if you were cold or hot, but not lukewarm because I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Yeah. But now, as I'm looking at the, the, the process of being lukewarm, if you are hot, in order to get to hot, you have to go through cold to lukewarm to hot. And if you're getting cold, and God says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. But if you're going from hot to cold, you have to go through lukewarm. So lukewarm is kind of a passage that everybody goes through, but you can't live there. Correct. You, you could be on fire with love for God. You can not care. Yeah. But when you're just comfortable where you are. Yeah, but you, 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 ha, you have to go through the lukewarm phase from hot to cold and from cold to hot. But you don't want to stay there. No, no, yeah. no. And I, you're talking about the people that just yeah. hung there. Yeah, just <laughs> hang there. And, and it seems that, yeah, the Church of Laodicea is uh, like the, the wealthy church in Beverly Hills. They Ooh. have everything. Yeah, exactly. They have everything. But they have, they're dead. They're dead. Oh, my. And, uh, and that's the Church of Laodicea. So I think every single church fits in one of these seven categories. Yes. Every single church can fit in one of these seven categories. Yep. And every single believer can fit in one of these seven categories. Oh, my. That's really telling. My listening friend, I knew this was going to be uh, – he tells a good story, but there's, there's uh, hidden manna within every word that he says. And that's a question we have to ask ourselves. You know, first of all, which church are, are we represented by in our life, lifestyle, our character – and um, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And, and God has a plan, but how do we exercise that plan? Yeah. And, well, Kaz, what church are you? <laughs> I, I say I, I identify with the Church of Philadelphia because of King David and, and the Son of David and the worship and praise and the, yeah. the key of David and all those kind of yeah. things. That's, that's where I identify. Well, I think, I think all of our listeners should think, which one am I? Yes. Which one am I? You probably can't change your church. You could move to another one, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you want, if you want to change, change the world. First, you have to draw. Get a piece of chalk. Yeah. 
put a circle on the ground, step inside, and start there. <laughs> Same thing here. No, Same thing here. That's you want exactly to, right. You want, to, you, you want a better relationship with Christ? Focus on you having a better relationship with Christ. That's right. And, and then reach out to everybody else. Absolutely. And I might say from experience, if you're a married person, don't say, I'm going to change my spouse. <laughs> First of all, allow the Lord to change you, and then that makes the changes of everybody around you a lot more accommodating. Amen so, to that, so. <laughs> so my listening friend, we've spent a fair amount of time in this first half of the two-hour broadcast for Come Together San Diego with Dr. Bill Creasy giving his historical uh points of view on these kind of things, setting the stage for what he wants to talk about in the next segments. We talked a little bit about the seven churches, but now we want to spend some time in the throne room of heaven, which is going into the book of Revelation a little deeper, a little deeper. But now that you've identified the who, why, what, when, and how of you and who you may be, we want to take that as a springboard or a launch pad into what God wants us to be and the book of the Revelation beyond the churches tells you that story. My listening friend, Dr. Bill Creasy, uh, a Bible historian extraordinaire, and I will talk more about these things in the next segment when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome to the second hour of Come Together San Diego with my co-host, a remarkable guy and good friend, Dr. Bill Creasy. And uh, if you've been uh, listening to the first hour, you realize that this man is a remarkable historian, remarkable Bible teacher. He uh, is a tour guide. He is a, he, a professor, has been a professor at UCSD. I mean, you, you, you yes. Did not get it. No, UCLA. 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 You know, don't, don't say that to a professor when you're at UCLA. Well, I'm glad you didn't say USC. I know. <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> so all, all these different things. And I guess you can tell that he's a cultured man, a man that uh, has a lot of experience in these things. And he kind of jokes around with me. And I, I know you're appreciating that part as well. So before we jump into this thing, I want you to, you know, this has come together San Diego. The whole idea of come together San Diego. Guess what? You just just by discerning what those words say, it's my encouragement to have you come together and unified one with another beyond the denominational lines. And Bill has been talking about beyond the denominational lines as well. But come together in San Diego and beyond. And, and though Bill is a UCLA kind of professor guy, he, he his main abode is San Diego County, even though that he's a UCLA guy. And so I want you to feel comfortable that this guy is a San Diegoite in many ways as well. So come together San Diego at KPRZ is the way you can get in touch with me. And once again, uh, to get find out more about Bill and the stuff that he does, uh, logosbiblestudy.com. So in the last hour, we talked a lot about the actual churches themselves in the book of the Revelation. And now let's spend some time. I like w- the transition that goes from the churches on ground level up into the heavenly levels. I'm going to hand the baton to you because read through this and you'll be amazed at God's plans through the heavenlies for Y-O-U. Bill? Thank you, Kaz. So yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to take us from the earthly abode to the <laughs> heavenly abode. Yes. In chapter 4 of Revelation. From the temporal to the eternal. Right. Uh-huh. right. Uh, so after this, after the seven letters being written, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. 
Now, what would you do if you saw a door standing open and you peeked through and you were looking at heaven? Come well, on. You know. The voice said, come up here. Come on up higher. Come, come up Come up here. And I'll show you what must take place after this. That mm-hmm. is after the seven letters. Mm-hmm. So I'll show you what's going to happen in the future. So at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby. And notice as we work our way through the book of Revelation, the, the very rich symbolism. We had seven letters. Uh, we're going to have seven seals. This number seven keeps repeating yes. all the way through. Not just through the book of Revelation, but through the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. Sevens, threes, and twelves, and forties occur over and over and over again. So, the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby, and a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you, Cass, who were they? Well, you know, as a Bible student, a lot of people have said they were the 12 apostles, uh, as 12 of the 24, and the other ones were the uh, latter-day apostles and leaders of the church environment as well. So, you know, at this juncture, uh, I'm going to say that is is a tendency that I'm embracing. But you might have a different story, and I'm willing to be humbled by Dr. Bill Creasy. Well, (laughs) as I read it... (laughs) Yes, the, tw- the 12 apostles mm-hmm. are 12, and the other 12 are the 12 patriarchs. Okay, I don't I The founders like of the 12 tribes yeah. of Israel. Because mm-hmm. when we get to the end of Revelation and we see the new Jerusalem, you enter the new Jerusalem through 12 gates mm-hmm. with the names of each of the tribes of Israel. Yes. Once inside, the foundation stones are the 12 apostles. Mm-hmm. So they're joined at the very end. I think we see them joined right here That's as good. well. That's good. I think we see them there. So, because we, we, we wouldn't have the church if we didn't have those 12 founders of the no 12 tribes. No question about it. Right? So, there they were. And the 24 elders, they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder. And in front of the thrones, seven lamps were blazing these are the seven spirits of God. Notice as we move through how noisy it is in heaven. Yes, yes, <laughs> but it's also picking up what was established in earlier chapters. Yeah, as yeah. well with the lampstands and things like that. Right. It's all concurrent. Yeah, in, in the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second, like an ox. The third had the face of a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Mm-hmm. Where have we seen those images before? Well, Tabernacle of Moses, I, I'm familiar with those and, and the flags yeah. in, in the Tabernacle of Moses and the, and the, and the, and the different uh, tribes. And the book of Ezekiel as well. Exactly. The introduction in, in, in Ezekiel. So all this is recurring. I've always said, you, you can't understand the book of Revelation until you've read everything that precedes and this it. is a wonderful illustration of that. Exactly. Absolutely. It's exactly. a wonderful illustration because all these things are predominant. And I talked about the tabernacle of Moses, which is a, an endearing topic for you as well. But uh, And when you talk about the months of the year in the, in the Hebrew uh, landscape, th- those, all, all those things have preeminence in many ways as well. Absolutely. It's all, all part of the fabric. It's it a very rich fabric. Yes, it is. And a very thick fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can look at one level, one layer of that fabric. 
and then drop down into the next and down into the yes. next and down to the next. But but again, it it's loud up there. I always thought heaven would be a really <laughs> nice contemplative place, right? No. Uh, but no. <laughs> no, that's um, that's funny. That's funny. In fact, if you want to be where the action is, that's where it's the loudest. That's what it is. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes all around. And day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him, he who sits on the throne, and, and they worship him. And they lay their crowns before him and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. So all this is going on in in heaven. Imagine being there for that. I love it. Yes. Believe me, I'm uh, contemplative, uh, meditative on that very topic often, especially when things get to be... uh, troublesome on earth like worship i talked to you i'm a kia david kind of yeah. guy in philadelphia i i'm worshiping the lord and that while it's boisterous and loud it's quelling in many ways because it's worshiping the lord and i know i'm preparing for the heavenly environment yeah uh you look at this vision of heaven yes, and, yes. and again at the end of the book mm-hmm. as well this vision of heaven and uh, I've, I've thought a lot about this actually lately and uh What would it be like to die and, and to make the transition to this? I, I was having breakfast with a, a good friend of mine who's a pastor, and I said, uh, I said, Richard, when I die, I, I want you to do my service. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I'd be happy to do that. And uh, I said, but I don't want you to do my eulogy. I'm going to do my own. <laughs> I'm going to make a video. Oh, I like it. Yeah. And it will come up on the big screen. And I'll say, if you're watching this, I'm dead. <laughs> 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 what will it be like? Yes. I think it's, it's simply a, a, a transition to a different mode of being, a glorious mode. And we see it here. Yes. We see it here in this vision of heaven in chapter four. And again, at the end as well. It will be a great adventure. Oh, my. A great adventure. Yes. Yeah. And you asked me, what do I think about all all that stuff? The truth of the matter is that is uh, acquiring what's been purposed from you from the very beginning of your life and even from the very beginning of the world. This heavenly environment has always been something that uh, uh, we need to look forward to. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, all this is frightening because I don't want to go into an environment like that. Are you kidding me? It's so loud and crazy. But that's where the greatest peace is, too. But if you if you don't have an understanding of the creator of the universe, you don't understand how magnificent the heavenlies are. I know people have their own preconceived notions about heaven and the heavenlies, but this the book of the Revelation and many other books in the Scripture uh, have, a, have a very clear uh, um, description of these kind of things. So you, you, you really, if you embrace Scripture, you, ha- you have to really have a strong understanding of what this is about. And it's going to be wonderful, raucous, but wonderful. It's about time for us to take a, a jaunt into a commercial break here in a, just a minute here. But my listening friend, you are listening uh, to not only me blabbing every once in a while, but also Bible historian and, and teacher and uh, UCLA professor, uh, his name is Dr. Bill 
Creasy, and we're going to be talking more about these things as we delve further into the book of Revelation, the heavenlies, but there's also seals and other things as well, and trumpets and bowls. We'll talk about all this stuff and so much more when Dr. Creasy and I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego with my co-host and friend, Dr. Bill Creasy, uh, Logos uh, Educational Corporation, and the way to reach them is through LogosBibleStudy.com, LogosBibleStudy.com. Bill, we've spent a lot of time dealing with a number of different topics on this uh, two-hour broadcast. We've talked a bit about the uh, island of Patmos. We've talked a bit about some of the earlier chapters in the book of the Revelation. <clears throat> but these are springboards into other things. I mean, there's 22 books, uh, uh, chapters in this book of Revelation, and we've only scratched the surface on this. Why don't you give a very brief summary about where we've gone through, through so far in the book of Revelation and how we're going to be jumping into things like seals and trumpets and bowls and other things as well. Dr. Bill Crazy. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we started with John John's vision, yep. right? John was on the island of Patmos, and uh, and the risen, glorified Christ stands behind him and says, "Yo, here I am." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, write down these letters to each of the seven churches. Sure. So we we got through the seven letters. Then we entered the core of, yes. of the Book of Revelation when John is given a vision, a, a glorious vision of, of heaven. Oh, my. Um, and I, I just want to stay in that vision. <laughs> Forever, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we have a foretaste of, of what heaven is like here mm-hmm. that will expand at the very end of the book itself when we see the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. John went up there, but in the book of Revelation at the end, it comes down here. Here, yes. And, we're, and we'll be right there. But... Uh, we're standing on on the edge of something. Mm-hmm. This whole of creation that we're walking through, and if, if indeed if we place John in the '60s at the time of the Great Jewish War uh, against Rome, it was catastrophic, absolutely catastrophic. And John could see, or we could see, if we had been there at that time, that it it would seem like the world was ending right now. Who could ever have thought? that the temple would come down. I know. came down once before in yes, 586. Yep. But Solomon. the temple that was built yep. after that, yep. built by Herod the Great, Herod. augmented by Herod the Great, is, is fabulous. And how could that possibly come down? Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse, it's all coming down. Mm-hmm. And indeed it did in the 60s, 66 to 72. AD, gone, yes. Gone. Uh, it, 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 it's a, a foreshadowing of something even greater that will happen a bit later, and a bit later is happening right now. With the, <laughs> you recall in the book of Daniel, at the end of the book of mm-hmm. Daniel, Daniel is given a vision, and he's told by the by the angel, "Now seal up the scroll." Mm-hmm. It had the vision on it. He seals it up. Now, chapter six, it's going to be opened. Yes. What was Daniel reading? We're going to look at it right now. <laughs> Seven seals. That is seals on a scroll that you open. Mm -hmm. Seven of them to open it up. Mm -hmm. What's on the scroll that Daniel saw? And that's what we'll see. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. (laughs) Ripped it right off. (laughs) See, he does does humor, but he also does sound effects. (laughs) Nicely done. 
I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, yep. come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Yeah. So we're going to take every, each seal that will come off. We have another vision mm-hmm. of things ending, of things ending. You know, we, we don't often think about this, but uh, of late, uh, over the last year or so, I've become fascinated with the Webb Space Telescope. They oh, are yeah. getting images with that. Do you say that it's not the Hubble? No, the the Web is, the, is oh, oh. way more advanced, my way my. more advanced. If you if you just Google it, and, and the imagery it's getting are of galaxies that are a hundred million light years away. Think of that. Yes, hundred million light travels one hundred eighty six thousand miles per second. This is a hundred million light years away. That gives you a, a sense of the vastness of, of, of the universe, mm-hmm. of God's creation. We're just a tiny little part of it. And one of the images that came in just recently, the last week or so, was an image of a star imploding. Mm-hmm. It burned out. And every star will, right? They run off their fuel and they collapse. Mm-hmm. And the entire solar system around it was sucked right into it. Is that like a black hole? Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah. Wow. We're going to see that happen here. The seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls are portraying the very same kind of thing. At some point in history, yeah. our entire galaxy, our entire solar system will collapse. It will end. Mm-hmm. And what happens when it ends? There's a rebirth, uh-huh. a rebirth. Another image was a, a, a hundred million light years away, a vast cloud that was a star factory. Oh, Stars wow. were being born within that cloud. I had, uh, it, we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning is grammatically a dependent clause. It should be, in the beginning, comma, God began creating the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. And it's the process yeah, is still, still going, going on. on. Yes. And we'll see our portion of it collapse at the very end with oh. these seven uh, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven And bowls. so that's where you're getting the new heavens. And, and we have a new yeah, heaven and a new earth, new a earth. rebirth. Yeah. Not only will we be resurrected, all creation will be resurrected. Oh, is that Bill, extraordinary? It is extraordinary, extraordinary. but it, it, it follows the character of God. I exactly. Mean, no big surprise if you literally follow, follow the character of yeah. God, the life, death, resurrection yeah. mentality. Yes. Yeah. It, we have such a, a, a vision of being, of being anthropocentric. We're, we're the middle of everything. Everything revolves around us. <laughs> yeah. No, look at the Webb Space Telescope. We're just a tiny little speck yeah. way out there in the middle exactly. of nowhere. I, yeah. I love that. But we, but we get this vision, and I think as we unroll – Unseal the the scroll and, and seven trumpets roll out and seven bowls roll out. We're, we're watching the process of collapse mm-hmm. and a rebirth mm-hmm. that we'll see at the very end of a new yes. heaven and a new earth. Yes, it's exactly what we're, what we're looking at through the Webb Space Telescope. Yep, and it's really helpful to know God's character in light of that. So if we think we're going through the, the deepest hell in our life, there's death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, they yeah. overcame them by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto the death. But that death is the new life. That's the birth cycle. Exactly right. 
Wow. It's in Psalm 139. David said, before I was even Even born, you You knew knew my every thought. Yeah, yeah. We each existed in the mind of God before the beginning of creation. And at some point, two cells came together in your mother's womb. Yes. And God infused you into it. At the moment of conception, he infused you into those two cells. You were born you were real comfortable where you were. It was nice in there. Oh, I, can, I see where you're going with that analogy, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and then you're born, and you, oh, my God, that's terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and but then, then you discover the world. Yeah. You know, as we've talked about before, I, I, I was on the bottom of the ocean in the, in the Egyptian Red Sea, yes. seeing incredible things. I was Scuba the top, diver, by the way, yeah, my friends. Yeah, it's the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Looking up at the stars, 18,000-foot elevation, there was, there was depth to space. Yes. You know, and then, and then we die, which is just like being born again. Yes. We make a transition to another mode of being that will be extraordinary. And we have that very thing here. The, the creation, we have the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, the undoing of it all. Yes. And then the battle of Armageddon, it all collapses. <sighs> And then there's the rebirth with the new heaven and the new earth. I'm glad you talked about Armageddon and the we'll talk about the millennial kingdom and judgment and things like that, new heaven and new earth in the next segment. But Bill, I, I mentioned to you when we're walking into the studio that I'm a new grandpa, and yeah. and so seeing congratulations, my, thank yeah. you, seeing my newborn, uh, exactly what you described there. First of all. The, the little one had no clue about this delivery into a, a strange new world, and now he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. He's in the third month and beyond yeah. realm right now, so he's starting to become aware of things. And I'm going, this is kind of like a life overall well, uh, in yeah. the way we we come through life, and we think now we got it and we're great, and we go through the de- there's always a death, burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection, over and over again. And those things are patterns through which. We need to understand that God is going to use to instruct us into the eternities. Yeah. And so uh, I'm excited to have you talk in the next segment a little bit about the other faces in the book of the Revelation yeah. in leading into the new, new heaven and new earth. Things called, oh, I don't know, things like Armageddon, things like the kingdom reign, the millennial reign. You know, that's one that I'm really looking forward to. But this, it's all cyclical going into a new heaven and a new earth. And you and I are going to talk more about that in the next segment. And my listening friend, I'm just excited because this is, Bill gave us an eye opener to the cycle of life, you know, the cycle of life, but it doesn't, the cycle never ends. It just continues on a higher plane. We're going to talk more about that and so many more things when Dr. Bill Creasy and I, we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise with Kaz Taylor. Hello, my listening friend. I'm really enjoying this broadcast <clears throat> with a friend, Dr. Bill Creasy, and his insights uh, on the book of the Revelation, the island of Patmos and, and going through the different phases in the, the book of the Revelation. One of the things that you and I need to be aware of when God gives us stuff in his word, don't just take it singularly. Also look at how it's surrounded by other things, because if you want to get the full context of a, of, of, of a book or a Bible uh, 
universe or even the character of God, you got to look beyond just a single thing that you have. And, and that's really good in life, too. Don't just take people at face value. If you want to get to know them, you got to dig more deeply. And that's what we have to do with ourselves and with the Lord whom we serve. Isn't that right, Dr. Bill Creasy? That's exactly right. I appreciate you digging through some of the amazing things in the book of Revelation. My favorite book my favorite book but then you, when you read the book you got to read the whole book and some of the things that are dealing with the, the some of the chapters and some of the scriptures in there deal with a thing called oh, Armageddon yes and the thing called hooray hooray the millennial reign a thousand years with the Lord and uh, last judgment gulp again and a new heaven and a new earth yay yay <laughs> so you can tell the cycles even in that so I'm going to have you Give us some insight on the, the upcoming things that we wanted to talk about in this book of Revelation. Bill. Yeah, I, I think you're right on target there, Kaz. When we had our, had the break, I, I had an image in my in my mind of of being in in the womb uh-huh. where it's totally dark, yes. no hot or cold, everything's perfect, and then God says. Uh, Kaz, I want you uh, to understand, tomorrow you're going to be leaving here. I don't want to leave here. <laughs> no. What, what's, what's wrong with the way things are? Well, for one thing, you're upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. and then out you come. At, at the end of our life, well, I don't want to leave here. I, I like it here. Well, yep. what's wrong? Well, everything's upside down. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, so good. Off we go to something new. <laughs> and, but here in the book of Revelation, we, we have death, mm-hmm. the death of what is. You know, what was, what is, is what, what will shall be. be. Yes. What will be. In our own lives, what will be. Well, inevitably, we'll be leaving this life. Mm-hmm. And we inevitably, we leave this creation and move to a new creation. And that's catastrophic yeah, if you're in is. the midst of it. Yeah, it can be. You know, when, sure. when, when you're born, you must have thought, this is terrible, I hate this. Everything hurts. Lights are bright. You know? And then when you die, I don't want to die. <laughs> but we're going on. Yeah, but, you know, as I listen, to, I listen to the verbiage of many, many Bible teachers and things like that, a lot of them just, they focus on uh, what's going on in the earth today. And then they talk about the ruling and reigning with Christ for a thousand years. And they say, and that's it. But it isn't it. No. That's, no. that's a, a progressive stage, it, yes, and it's wonderful. It's transitionary. It, but it's transitionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the, the, the battle of Armageddon, how's, how's all this going to happen? How's all, yeah. all, all going to come to an end? And I think, you know, whether we take this literally, there'll be a great battle of, at Armageddon. Armageddon, it, you and I, Kaz, have been to Israel many times. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I noted, I think at the beginning— the October 7th trip that didn't happen would have been my 68th teaching tour to Israel. Yes. And we've all driven through the Jezreel Valley. You and I have driven through the Jezreel Valley. A triangular-shaped valley with the Jordan River mm-hmm. on the east side. Mm-hmm. Uh, draw a line over to Mount Carmel on, yep. the, on, the, on Mediterranean the, coast, coast, the Mediterranean coast and a diagonal line up to the southern tip of the Sea of Galilee. That triangle is, is the Jezreel Valley. The pass that goes through it if you travel on the, the main international trade route in the Bible, two main international trade routes, the Via Maris, the way of the sea along the coast mm-hmm. out of Egypt, mm-hmm. and the King's Highway across the Sinai and up through the Eastern Mountain Range. Is there, anything, is there something called the Silk something there? Is that? The, the, the Silk Road was in, it's in Asia Minor. Okay, that's okay. But in, in that triangular <clears throat> valley, if you're traveling from Egypt up north, 
you, the road cuts through a pass, very narrow pass, at, into the Jezreel Valley. Megiddo was a fortress built mm-hmm. to guard that pass. I see. To guard that pass. And when you're driving south, you see the, fort, the remains, the archaeological site of the, of the fortress of Megiddo. Har Megiddo is the tell, the hill, of Megiddo, right? Oh, my. That, it's a place, mm-hmm. that, that fortress. There have been 27 major wars fought in the Jezreel Valley across history. Mm-hmm. It's a critical location. I said at the very beginning, the four foundational principles, number one is the geography. Yes. The geography. So it's not unusual that Har Megiddo, or as it's translated into English, Armageddon, uh, would be at that location. All kinds of battles happened at that location. And uh, this battle is going to happen there, too. Whether that's a literal battle that will take place or a metaphorical bat- battle that will take place, mm-hmm. it, it captures the essence of it. Mm-hmm. Catastrophic. I've taken my teaching tours, almost every, everyone, to Megiddo. Yes. And we've talked about the, the plains of, of Megiddo, the Jezreel Valley, mm-hmm. and the battle that would take place. Uh, troops coming from, from the south, troops coming from the north, all converging uh, right there. But when it comes to an end, what better way to symbolize the end than a great global climactic battle? You know, perhaps that is what it will be. Perhaps. <laughs> right, right now, look at things, what's going yeah, on in things, Israel. Uh, yes, exactly. exactly. And uh, I, I just pray that it doesn't become a regional war. You know, if, if Lebanon gets in on it, if Egypt gets in yeah, on it, yeah. it, it, it could be catastrophic. Yes. And uh, so it's a good image for everything coming to a close. It's not a terrible thing that's going to happen. It's an inevitable thing that will happen. But how do you, how do you picture that? How do you create the imagery of that? And I think we get that in the Battle of, of Armageddon. Whether it's literally a battle that takes place or metaphorically a battle that takes place, it's, it's leading to the end. It's leading to the end. Yes. And... Uh, the, the the whore of Babylon, all the world empires, kingdoms fighting. Sure, it's all everything is about to collapse. Sure, come out of her, my people. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> it, it's well, it's frightening imagery for sure. Uh, it all comes to an end, and then we move into the millennial kingdom. Tell tell me your thoughts on the millennial kingdom. Well, I'm. I really embrace the millennial kingdom. Um, the talk, Bible talks about two different gospels. It talk, t- talks about the gospel of salvation and the gospel uh, of uh, the kingdom, the king, kingdom gospel. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached, and then the end shall come, it says in the gospels. So I, I'm looking at the gospel kingdom as basically setting the stage, literally setting the stage for the time frame you're talking about the millennial king, the thousand-year rule and reign is has to be set up, mm-hmm. has to be set up. And the one of the uh, the previous things that happened is Armageddon is warfare and things like that. But then we know that we talked about the, the cycle of life and eternity has these uh, fallbacks and then uh, death burials and resurrections. So the millennial kingdom, from my perspective, is really tied to a resurrected life mentality with the king of kings ruling and reigning for a thousand years. That's my take. I think you're exactly right. Oh, 
What? Yeah. Next segment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I, I, I think that fits perfectly. And, you know, again, whether it's a, a, a literal battle of Armageddon or a literal millennial kingdom, uh, I, I'm not sure I would go that far. Well, I, but, I would say, here's what I say. I say yes to both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God is a God of natural and supernatural, that's natural true, and spiritual. So that's in some true. way it may have natural and supernatural ramifications. That's yeah. how I take it, Bill. Yeah, very good. Very good. And then we go to the new heaven and the new earth. And I, I like that. I, I want to I go right over well, to that. Well, yeah, you, you kind of skipped past the last judgment, but that's, oh. but, but that's part. But that, that, there you go. Well, that's part, yeah. The, the, the good and the bad, the good and the bad. And so the, the, the evil, challenging things are Armageddon. The good stuff is millennial kingdom. The challenging thing, again, is the last judgment. And then the new heaven and new and earth new is the good thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the yeah. cycle there. Very good. Go ahead. Yeah. Very so good. let's go to new heaven and new earth. That's fine. Okay. Well, we, we, we do the last judgment. Um, you know, if we're going to dwell in the new heaven mm-hmm. and new earth, we have to be prepared for it. Yes. We have to be prepared. And uh, each and every one of us, you know, I, I speak in front of big hundreds of people. And, uh, and I, I would often say, if you knew me like I know me, you wouldn't be sitting there listening to me. <laughs> but then again, if I knew you like you know you, I wouldn't be up here talking to you either. Right? <laughs> I love that. I, it's time for us to take a break. I want you to continue that thought. We get into last judgment things. But don't worry, my friends. Last judgment is just a springboard into new heavens and new earth. So everything God does cyclically, this is something for us to take positive uh, uh, points of view from. My listening friend, what a, a, a joy, Dr. Bill Creasy. We're talking about uh, all things biblical, uh, early books, last book. We're going to talk more about the early and the last book, and in particular, the last book and the new heavens and the new earth that are tied to this last book and beyond when Dr. Bill Creasy and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego with co-host Dr. Bill Creasy, a remarkable communicator. And I appreciate what you've communicated with us with your historian point of view, Dr. Bill, and a little bit of humor sprinkled in. One of the things that real, really taking away from this as we summarize in this last segment is God's got a real plan for his kids, and uh, uh, everything is a, a cycle to get to the next cycle. In the last segment, we talked about the cycle of uh, uh, Armageddon, found in the book of the Revelation, and the Millennial Kingdom, which is, you know, a negative, a positive, and then last judgment, you talk about that, and then you talk about the new heaven and the new earth. We didn't really dig more deeply in the new heaven and new earth. I'm going to ask you to do that, but we also want to get back to the the, the tour that you're going to be doing on, on and around the island of Patmos and the, and the seven churches as well. I'm going to hand it to you. You have this last segment, Dr. Bill Creasy. Well, thank you, Kaz. I appreciate that. Um, the, the last judgment, let me, let me make a note on the last judgment. Um, what will our eternity be and why? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've all lived lives where we've done good things, we've done bad things. Uh, but we're redeemed not by what we do. We're redeemed by who we follow. 
Oh, that's so Christ. good. Yes, yes, yes. If, if you accept Christ as your Savior, you accept the gift that he's given you, then you, you step into the family of God. You're a child of God. Yes. And your, your eternity is in the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and earth. If you reject him and you say, oh, that's, that's nonsense, uh, well, you made your choice. Yep. You know, God's not punishing you. He's simply giving you your, what you wanted. Yeah. And, and I see the last judgment as not so much weighing your deeds on the scale, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as God saying, well, make your decision, make your decision, but make sure you make your decision and be willing to stick with it. That's the yeah. big thing. Yeah. Well, you you will stick with it in the end, <laughs> <laughs> you know? but we don't get into heaven by what we do. We get into heaven by who we follow and who we mm-hmm. have a, a relationship with Christ. Yes. And, um, and the last judgment, I think, simply reflects that. But in, in, the, in the new heaven and the new earth, uh, the, the, the image that we have is uh, coming down out of heaven. And as we noted earlier in the program, uh, we, we enter the new Jerusalem uh, through 12 gates, yes. the 12 tribes of Israel. We, we, we can't have a relationship with Christ without passing. Th- we can't get to the book of Revelation without the Old Testament. Yeah. And uh, so we get in there through the gates. We live there. The foundation is the 12 apostles. Mm-hmm. And the very center is the Lamb, the mm-hmm. Lamb of God. Yes. Uh, the very center. We spend eternity with him. And it would be very difficult to en- envision the, the, the imagery of that. I think it will be from the darkness of the womb to the brightness of the world the new Jerusalem will be infinitely greater. But that's that. a good analogy you know, because we, we have a limited ability to comprehend yeah. things, but yeah, that's a do. good analogy. Yeah, it, it, it will be beyond anything we can possibly imagine. And the, and the imagery here in, in, at the end of the book of Revelation is simply a, a, a weak attempt at, at yes. invoking it. It reminds me of a scripture that says, I has not seen, neither ear yeah, exactly. heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things that God has yeah. in store for those who love him. Yeah. I mean, that's new heaven and new earth language. Yeah, as, as Paul said, I, I see through a glass darkly. Yes. You know, you can just barely make it out over there. But when you <laughs> yeah. get through, yep. mm-hmm. it, it, it just pops into color and sound. Yes, and, yes. Uh, greater than anything we can imagine. Oh, and I'm looking forward to it. I know. I am yeah. too. You know, but, we have a little bit of time. You can talk a little bit more about this if you want to close this down and then talk about the the uh, venue, the Revelation uh, seminar that's happening in September through October 2024, however you want to do this. Okay, well, I, yeah, we, we've made our way through the book of Revelation okay. in, in a very short time. <laughs> exactly. Right? But think of all the things we could, we could, we could probe. We, we could spend a week talking about chapter one. Well, absolutely. Right? And what I, wanted, what I would like to do, the last time I was on the island of Patmos, I thought, I've got to bring, bring my students here in residence and do an in-depth seminar on the book of Revelation. Yeah, we've had two hours together. Imagine having four days together oh my. on the island of Patmos. And uh, we'll have a classroom. We can have discussions. Mm-hmm. We can all be talk- doing talks. And, uh, and we'll be exploring the island. We'll see what John saw. And this is a manageable group of people. It's not hundreds of people. No, no. It's, I, it's I, never take, I never take more than 30 or 40 people. Yes. Uh, and uh, it'll be a really special thing. Going to the seven churches, uh, we'll be visiting them. 
And I, I'm truly looking forward to it. It will be October 27. No, September, uh, September 27 to October yeah. 7. Yes. And, uh, and that that would be really fine. And we're hoping that uh, war has subsided. I, I don't know whether this tour is, is going to happen, whether there's war in Israel the, or not. The, the, this tour, this will. tour will happen, yeah. 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 I, I, we can't go to Israel right now. We can't go to Egypt or Jordan right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll do other things. Yeah, well, like Island of Patmos and the, yeah. the yeah, seven it, churches. It, it will be a fabulous thing. Yeah. And having all that time together, not just in class, but having dinner together, mm-hmm. Exploring the walking island, the turf. yeah, absolutely. Walking on the island, and it will be it will be really something. Walking but, uh, across the water, no, maybe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe you will. I won't. <laughs> now, uh, now let, let me tell you, my listening friend, if this is enticing to you, let me give you a website. I don't know whether information is up on that yet, or it's almost it's going to be soon. But uh, logosbiblestudy dot com, logosbiblestudy dot com. Uh, the, the this trip is not up there yet because we're just planning it yes. right now. But if you're interested in joining me on the Revelation Seminar on the island of Patmos, uh, the company that I work with to put my tours together is Devotion Travel. Devotion, Devotion Travel. Travel. And they would know about They're this. up in Los Angeles. And uh, their phone number is 310-857-5000. 310-857-5000. And the person who represents me there is Yvonne. Yvonne, Yvonne Hanrity. So if you're interested in going, give Yvonne a call at, at 310-857-5000, and she'll get you on the list, and we'll get the process going. Mm-hmm. You, know, you and I have talked about this. I don't know. I, I mean, I would love going with you and seeing all the stuff that's going on and continuing this two-hour show for... I, I would love having days. you with me, Kaz. We, we, <laughs> we'll we, do, have, we do have a good time together. We do yeah. have a good yeah. time. So yeah. anyway, I want you to pay attention to that phone number. It's called Devotion Travel 310-857-5000. Talk to Yvonne. 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 Very good. She will get you, get you squared away. Okay, we have a little bit of time left. You want to reflect on what we've shared or uh, a little bit more about the travel and, and the itinerary okay, well, or whatever? Well, no, I don't want to end with a commercial commercial message, uh, but, you know, it, it, we had a good time with the book of Revelation over these two hours. But again, the Bible, I, I have mine open here to, to the end of Revelation. I'm on, almost on page 2000. Right? <laughs> yeah. To fully understand the book of Revelation, you have to read all the things that precede it. Yes. And I would, I would greatly encourage you. Uh, I have uh, I have a, a, a podcast, the One Year Bible. Mm-hmm. It's on Spotify and other podcasts. But they can find that, that from your website. I mean, that, yeah, that website find, will, find it from the website, yes, which is Logos the, Bible Study. It's the One Year Bible. Yeah. I teach through the entire Bible over. I think there are sixty-seven lessons on it, about uh, an hour each. Yes. And uh, you can go. You can join me there on the One Year Bible uh, on my website. I have 22 university-level courses that take you all the way through the Bible. My. Massive amounts of material, over 400 hours of, of, uh, of lecture. And, uh, but jo- join me. Join me on, on a journey through the Bible, whether it's a one-year, a five-year, a seven-year. The five-year is on audible.com. But you also have an abbreviated one. <laughs> Which one is that? I have Bible in a nutshell. It's eight, 87 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it, it's kind of like... 
it's kind of like the show we just did now. Yeah, it's got, yeah, yeah. 90 yeah. minutes plus commercials and things yeah. like that will get you there. So yeah. my listening friend, the, the, it's time for us to go, Bill. I want to thank you personally for spending some time with me in the studio and uh, refreshing our f- longtime friendship. My listening friend, it's really important for you to realize that which was, is, and which is, is going to come to pass again. These are cyclical and understand that God is interested in your cycle, that he ends with you in eternity. That is his whole desire. And come together, San Diego, our intention is for you to get to that end result of eternity with him. Dr. Bill Creasy, thank you for joining me. My listening friend, come together, San Diego. You know what we do. Bring people together for the goodness and power of God. So we're continuing that mode in future Come Together San Diego shows. So until then, Dr. Bill Chrissy and Kaz say goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker. And then let's all come together, San Diego, next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K Praise. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 